Welcome to Politics and Bros. This is the podcast where two guys who spent their careers on the inside of federal politics and government are now on the outside and only have each other to talk about how things are going. Today is October 13th, 2022, and this is episode 56, I think. I'm your co-host Pete, and with me as always, been so long. my good friend Howell. It's been a very long time. The last one was August, middle of August, so we talked. Oh my god, it's been two yeah. months? It's been it's... two months. Well... I'm just glad you showed up tonight. I was afraid you were going to flake like you did on my. You flaked concert. last night. You flaked last night. You dick. Yeah, but you flaked on the the Death Cab for Cutie concert. So. I know that was my bad. Um, yeah. I had sorry. a wonderful was... time by myself at the concert. Um, was it a good show? Uh, yeah, it was a good show. Um, was it a cool venue? I that it was. I was Damn able it. to. Did I send you a picture from the show? I don't know. I I was able to get about 20 feet from the front of the stage being by a solo standing by myself like a weirdo. But um, and tell me again about how you were there by yourself. And I had to and and I decided the nice thing about being there by myself was um, I had looked at the set list from the nights before and I. I realized they were they're just playing the same set list every night. Yeah. And so I when it got to the last song I wanted to hear for the night, I just left. So I oh, left awesome. like with like three or four songs to go. And uh that's what being a old forty four year old curmudgeon does for you. You just I'm, leave concerts early. But I, I still left f- on Soul Meets Body and then was out of there. I'm yeah. Still very sorry about that because I really, really Well really you're here tonight that and that's that's all that really matters. I really, so, really wanted to go to that show. Um, I'm, it's good to get back together. I was telling you that uh, I, over the weekend, I was chatting with someone who was like, oh, I've been meaning to check out your podcast. And I was like, how did, did I tell you about my podcast? And he's like, I don't know if you told me. He's like, but I was talking about it this weekend with another individual who I know I definitely didn't tell about my podcast. So that all that is just a long way of saying, there's a buzz about our podcast, Pete, and we needed to get back out here. And Among and, Vanderbilt alumni? No, actually all people in the Chicago neighborhood that I live oh. in know Vanderbilt oh, no alumni. But Brett Jarvis, shout out to Brett Jarvis, did ask. He was like, what's up with the podcast? Are you going to make another episode? So this is also for you, Brett. I love it. I love you. Love you, Brett. Love you, Brett. Miss you. Yeah. So what's up with you? Uh, very little. Uh, tonight I had practice for my dad band. I'm in a band mm. with two other fathers uh, from my kid's school, and we played a block party. Are a you a drummer ago. singer like Getty Lee? Uh, I am a drummer, and I did or Phil sing. Collins. Or are you more in the Phil Collins mode? Uh, well, Getty Lee is the bass player of Rush. That's he, who you were talking. I thought wait, who's the who's the drummer for Rush? Neil Neil Pert. Oh, Neil Pert. Doesn't he sing? No, he wrote the lyrics. Oh. He writes all the lyrics for the songs, or he did when he was alive. Um, Wait, who? So, so Don Henley, maybe is that who you're thinking of? Don or? Henley, Phil Collins, and, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, all all of your idols. Absolutely, they're all my influences. Uh, yeah. So I purchased the, a lot of the new repertoire for da- Dad Band. Uh, we played some Ramones, played some Rolling Stones, uh, some uh, what else? Did we play Elvis. We closed with Suspicious Minds. A shout out to Quinn. Um, to Quinn Brown. I remember fucking that song up yeah our guitarist uh, didn't do that he played it he played it flawlessly actually yeah (laughs) i i didn't know the chords so it's it's easy to fuck up when you don't know the chords it's true i had only we'd only played it with the music in front of me 
And then all of a sudden we're at the the band playing and I realize there's no music in front of me and I'm just like, oh, all right. I don't know what I'm doing here. Here we go. So we played uh, two Nirvana songs. Okay. Played uh, About a Girl and uh, In Bloom. Good tunes. What else do we play? That's it. And then tonight we are practicing Message in a Bottle by the Police, Your Love by the Outfield. And uh, what was it? I don't want to lose your love tonight. Sing that song. Oh, and Just Like Heaven by The Cure. I have to sing that one too. So I'm adding, we're adding, I sang Suspicious Minds at the block party, and we're adding two more songs where I sing, which is Just Like Heaven and um, Your Love by The Outfield. Can I hear the, can I hear the chorus real quickly? Let's no. see. No, I'm not going to try and hit those notes. Come right on, now. Pete. Don't be shy. No, but it has given me an excuse to buy a, a bunch of drum equipment uh, in the last few weeks, which has been fun. I walked into Chicago Music Exchange and purchased a lot of stuff and got very giddy about it. Bought a new snare drum, bought new hi-hats, uh, bought a couple new stands, drum heads. And, uh, okay. Interesting, last story, interesting, uh, a couple weeks ago, I purchased a new crash symbol off of Reverb.com, and the guy was in Chicago, so he asked if I could come to his house uh, to pick it up because he was immobile after having ankle surgery, and it would be very hard for him to ship, and I was like, yeah, I'm not far, so he lived in Rogers Park, which is, you know, north suburb, or north uh, part of the city. And uh, so I drove over there and I'm like, this guy's going to actually, he's going to rob me. This has got to be like some bullshit story. Like he's going to take me to his basement and do things. Um, Rogers Park, which is very nice. That's where Loyola's campus is. Um, I pull up to his house. It's super nice. I'm like, okay, this guy's not going to kill me. This is way too nice of a house. And as I walk up his stairs to his front porch, he's playing on a grand piano in like his front window. And I was like, oh, this guy's totally fine. And he opens it. He's on crutches. His ankle's in a big cast. And uh, the symbol's right there, like on his couch, and he shows it to me. And he's like, hey, yeah, I just thought, he's like, I just wanted you to come in and check it out, make sure it's, you know, what you wanted. And I'm looking at it, and I was like, this symbol's never been struck. It's brand new. And he was selling it for nothing of what it was worth. And I was like, why are you getting rid of this? He's like, oh, I'm trying to thin out my collection. Um, you know, I have an endorsement from Sabian, which is the symbol manufacturer. He's like, so I have a whole bunch I'm trying to get rid of. I'm like, endorsement? I'm like, who, who, what do you, who are you? Who are you? And he's like, he's like, oh, oh, sorry. For the last 27 years, I've been the drummer for the Blue Man Group. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he goes, and I was like, really? He goes, yeah. He's like, I'm also the musical director for the show. I'm like, what? So this guy does all the music. He's the musical director for all the shows, like the one in Berlin, New York, uh, Las that Vegas, thing. you know, everywhere. Um, and he hires all the musicians for those shows and auditions them and he does all that stuff. And he's been the drummer for the Chicago show for 27 years. His name is Jeff Quay. Did you ask Very him nice guy. So we hook geeked up out. in Vegas for next time you're there? Uh, I didn't ask. I, I really didn't ask him much about Blue Man Group. We mostly geeked out about gear for like 45 minutes and then I had to go because it was in the middle of the work day. Um, and I needed to get home. And you're in Rogers Park. And I'm in Rogers Park, so I was like 40 minutes away from home. Um. But yeah, super nice guy. He's like, he's been, we te- we've been texting back and forth because he's going to put some more stuff, more of his stuff up for sale. And he, he's like, I'll send you what I have. So you get first crack at anything. Cause I told him I was on the lookout for a couple, maybe another snare drum, maybe a couple more cymbals. So nice guy. Nice. Thanks, Jeff. It doesn't sound like he uh, needs the money. So his house was gorgeous inside and out. I 
was and judging by the kits that he has, uh, yeah, he's not he's doing very well for himself. Um, well, that's that, that's a Anyhow. fun story. Story. All right. Well, let's uh, jump into this. So right, we got uh, Pete. Let's let's Pete see what we can do for twenty two minutes. Pete, Pete, and I decided that I have a strict timeline because I have to go watch Succession with my wife. Um, but we're going to talk for about twenty five minutes, and whatever we don't get done, we'll come back next week, hopefully, and talk about more. So um, we're just going to riff on. It's been almost two months since we spoke last and was that with mm. Brian when we talked that was with Brian was yeah. right after Trump the Mar-a-Lago search yes so, it was uh it, it, this is not what we're going to talk about but did you see where he took two two uh court beatings today he the did supreme the supreme court, court said no thank a you. one sentence rejection of his appeal um and then was the other one that he what was the other one? Oh, he was um, obviously uh, subpoenaed to come, or he's going to be subpoenaed to to testify in front of the January sixth committee, which will never happen. But it's more a symbolic gesture. Did they? The committee did vote to do that. I didn't see it. Yeah, nine nine to nothing. I think. Oh damn. Something. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's we can talk about that when, well, maybe next week. But I know um, we're getting we're about a month away from uh the election less than that three weeks really yeah three, four um, weeks. and so i uh, you know there were a couple of more political candidate election type things you wanted to talk about so you want to kick it off no i mean just kind of recapping where everything is it seems like you know the biggest news of the year so far was the dobbs decision and and i think uh democrats were hanging their hat that that was really going to turn the tide for them uh, going into the election. And it doesn't look like that's really holding anymore. Um, it seems like the, you know, inflation, food costs, gas costs, you know, crime, those are really the issues that are winning the day. And it doesn't look like it's going to be this. It doesn't look like Democrats are going to have as good of a day as they thought they were going to have when the Dobbs decision happened. Um, you know, a lot of candidates are polling pretty well. Ron Johnson of Wisconsin is actually pulling ahead of Mandela Barnes and you know, Ron Johnson's like the, like Ted Cruz, like even Republicans don't really like Ron Johnson. Um, but he's somehow now pulled, I think he's like four or six points ahead, which is incredible considering he was down a bunch, um, uh, just a few months ago, you know, and then like, you know, the Warnock, uh, Herschel Walker race in Georgia has tightened up a lot. Uh, some polls have Herschel up by a point. Some have Warnock up by, up by a point. So uh, I'm assuming that's a statistical uh, even, dead dead even heat there. Um, you know, and then there's the whole debacle with John Fetterman in Pennsylvania and Dr. Oz and whether or not he even knows where he is these days. I'm talking about Fetterman, not Oz. Um so Oz knows yeah. where he is. It's it's, it's knows, in New Jersey. It's in New Jersey. Yeah, but you know, yeah. if if being a carpetbagger really really was a big deal, then Hillary Clinton would have never been elected to the United States Senate. So that's true. I give him a pass on the whole not really being from. Oh, uh, I, I mean, I think that's the least of his problems. He's probably yeah. just not. He's just not really a politician. But um, I mean, I think if you look at I. 538's um, prediction model now, uh, 
you know, for the, for, when Dobbs came out, it was about, it was like 50, it was pretty much 50, 50. I mean, we can go back and look at the actual, um, but since then it's the chances of the Democrats holding the Senate, keeping the Senate has gone up to about 65 out of a hundred percent. Um, so it's actually, um, and obviously that's just one model. Um, but, uh, a lot of the races that, and obviously things could happen, but, um, they're pretty much counting Warnock to beat, uh, Herschel Walker and they're counting, uh, Mark Kelly to beat Blake Masters in Arizona. And if that, and then they're counting Fetterman to beat Oz, which I know it's tightened some, but that's also um, why it's only, it was up to almost 70% for a couple weeks. Um, but if Kelly holds and, um, and Warnock holds, then uh, they, the Republicans have to hold Pennsylvania, which is iffy at best. Um, and then they'd have to, they'd have to flip at least one seat, which, um, Nevada might be it, I think. Yeah. Nevada's um, their, probably the best chance. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't follow the races close enough to know. Um, but looking at the big picture and the data and the polling, I guess everything still suggests that. You know, basically, their model suggests that Republicans have almost an equal amount of chance, or I'm sorry, Democrats have an equal amount of chance to hold the Senate as Republicans do to flip the House. Um, yeah, and the, the other thing that 538 thing said, so yeah, it was like 63 or 65% if uh, Democrats will hold the Senate unless Warnock loses, and then it flips to sixty-three or sixty-five percent that Republicans take it over, take over the Senate. Right, and that's just saying. because they—that's the confidence that Warnock yeah. will. Yeah, will they're but longer. they're hinging, but that also puts a whole lot of focus on on Georgia because um, that's really Which where where it all we've hinges. talked about a lot here. Yeah, um, I, and I mean, I think well, I, I've read a bit about this, and I don't know if it was five thirty-eight or if it was the upshot. But what they've encountered in Georgia is a lot of split ticket voting uh, when polled. Yeah. So a lot of people are, that are Kemp voters are just probably because they're Kemp voters um, and actually, you know, don't are not pliant to Trump are saying that, well, you can't just throw Herschel Walker out there. I'm not going to I'm either not going to vote or I'm going to vote for Warnock. Yeah. Um, and so I think they're saying that those are the type of people who may end up making the difference for Warnock. Um, or if they come home, to use that term, then they could turn it for the Republicans. So, yeah. Yeah, because Kemp, Kemp is crushing Stacey Abrams right now. I mean, it's anywhere between six and eight points at this point. Um, I think six is probably the safer bet to say, but it's you know almost the polar opposite between Warnock and, and Herschel. Um, so yeah, that's pretty interesting. But like I've always said, uh, with 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 Kemp and Stacey Abrams, there's just not as much there's not much as much excitement around her. Georgians, I think, from what I've been reading and friends that I've talked to in, in the state, they're 
pretty resentful the fact that she's really been more interested in raising money outside the state and showing off her celebrity than actually being, you know, a candidate for governor. And that effect that's that affects a lot of states. A lot of states don't like that, and Georgia's one of them. Um, and also Kemp has not done a bad job. Kemp has not been a terrible governor. He's been actually very competent, and he's not. You know, like Glenn Youngkin in, in Virginia, not he's been he's found a way to walk that fine line of being a Trump guy without being a Trump guy, and um, that keeps your all the independents in play for him. So it's it's interesting that that's that race and that whole like you said the split ticket is very very interesting to me. Um, and related, I mean, I know we're just talking about the the Senate here because, I mean we could probably do a whole session on the house and yeah. the, what it's going to look like in, in this time next year and the, um, Fauci hearings and the, uh, um, what else, what other hearings, the impeachment of Joe Biden. Um, what else will we have going on this time in a year? But, um, yeah. uh, and this won't affect the dynamic of the Senate, but, um, Ben Sass is, is, going to be I don't know if it's official yet but it sounds like he's going to be the next president of the University of Florida so Nebraska will be appointing a new uh, senator t- to fill his next four years um, which will probably be someone who's worse than Ben Sass but I don't know if you have I, any no better. I don't know because because uh, Governor Ricketts is pretty he's is he related not, to the Ricketts in Chicago yes yeah Oh, okay. He's one of the sons of of okay. big. I mean, Nebraska is where the Ricketts family is actually from. Mm. Um, for those who and, don't know, the Cubs are owned by the Ricketts family. Yeah, and they founded TD Ameritrade. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. The father did, like the the big dad, who I don't know if he's still alive. But one son and daughter run the Cubs. And then oh another yeah, son. Oh, they're from Omaha then, right? Yeah, they're from where... Omaha. And then the other son. One of the sons is governor of Nebraska, and then I think there's a third son who actually still runs like the business or is involved in the business. But anyway, so yeah, Governor Ricketts, he's a pretty, he's actually a pretty middle of the road guy, very kind of temper, you know, tempered, and um, he's not like a big Trump guy at all. So that's actually a cause for. I think he'd put somebody in. I think he would consult with. I don't know if he would, but I would think he would want to consult with like Ben Sass, or at least hear from Ben Sass, or or people in Ben Sass's universe on who it should be and who's in. I have no idea what the bench looks like and who it could be. I haven't even I haven't done any research on that. Maybe we can talk about that next time. But um, I don't think it's going to be a situation where you're getting you're going to get a much more um based on the governor. I don't think you're going to get a big Trump. Trump like over you know over the top Trump guy in there but who knows I have no idea what the bench looks like there might be articles already written about this that I just haven't read I'm sure there are um, yeah. a lot of speculation yeah so, he mean, hasn't resigned from the Senate yet though so he's still there for now he, I, I don't what are your thoughts on Ben Sass? I, I, I had Hello. hopes for him and he kind of did not live up to them because uh, I think he had a lot of problems with being, he's an academic at heart. Um, I mean, I was kind of shocked he ran for a second term to begin with. Um, he's a policy guy and an academic at heart. 
and he always seemed like being a senator. I mean, just from my observations, this is not from talking to anybody. It always kind of seemed like he was annoyed with being a senator because, you know, he'd explain the Constitution to people. He'd explain like the role that the Senate was supposed to play and wasn't playing. And that can get very, you know, tiresome after a while. So I'm not entirely surprised that he's leaving. Um, there's been senators that have done that before. They pieced out before their terms were over because they were just sick of it. I mean, he's 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 been softly outspoken against Trumpism. Yeah, you know, um, and I mean. He's certainly not been an Adam Kinzinger or a Liz Cheney, but he himself, oh. I'm sure there's a large proportion of Republican voters who are like good riddance to Ben Sass because oh, he I hasn't think so. fall, fallen in line. Yeah. Um, when in reality, I think in a, fu- a normal functioning Senate, uh, he would actually be one of the more valuable members, but it's just he's so much of of success is related to timing and he has been there was, was this his second term so this this was his second term yeah so he's he'd been there eight years something like that yeah did he come in he he came in in obama's second term or was he uh that was it? yeah that was it mm, okay um but i i don't know it's it all it, again it does it's not going to change the 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 direction of the Senate no. for, by any means. I mean, Nebraska's as red as they come. Um, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be, I'm trying to think if there's anything, I, I mean, the only one, and I don't, I don't, I don't believe it'll happen, but you know, what's going to happen with Evan McMullen versus Mike Lee in Utah. Um, and again, I, I guess that wouldn't necessarily change. I guess it would be at one independent who could, ca- I don't know if do you have to caucus with someone. I guess you do, right? Uh, you, you don't have to, but, but you wouldn't you, be on any committees. Right? Yeah. You wouldn't be able. Yeah. So I assume he would caucus with the Democrats, even though he's not, um, he's running as an independent. I mean, I've seen, I, I, I don't know how much to believe it. And I think Mike hearing my, my parents live in Utah. I, I, I think it, it's possible or it's, yeah, it's possible, but it's not likely that he'll beat Mike Lee, but Mike Lee has shown been done some desperate things the last few weeks, like reaching out for support for Mitt Romney. Um, that could be something that is yeah. weird on election night. I don't think um, uh, Tim Ryan's going to beat JD Vance, but again, he's an actual. I feel like if an Ohioan were to talk to the two of them and not know their party affiliation, they'd be much more likely to like Tim Ryan. But um, well, Tim but Ryan is the, is run squarely to the middle. I mean, he was much more, which is as, great. He yeah, but he's doing it for the purposes of winning this election. Um, I mean, his voting record does not back up a lot of the stuff that he's saying in during this election. Maybe that's because he's running for Senate and now he's got to represent the whole state and not just Youngstown. Um, but, 
you know, he has not been, he has not been exactly uh, forthright with, with a lot of his positions that he's held while, you know, the years he's been in the house in his voting record, but maybe it's because he's running for a statewide office and he's, that's how he needs to be. But, um, it's just interesting to see that he's, he's being thought of as like the moderate, uh, like the, you know, the middle of the road guy and just, just left of center guy when he's never really been that he's been much more outspoken, progressive, um, up until now. Um, but I mean, those are the, those are the races that, uh, I'm the, I've come to not really think that we, that we're in for much surprise surprises, but, and you can kind of believe the big picture. So I think it'll probably be either 50, 50 or 51, 49. Mm-hmm. And, and the, I, I think it's actually think it's very important that this, the Senate stays in, Democrat control because you know what the house is going to do um, when it flips and it's going to be crazy town with like Marjorie Taylor green heading up like, um, yeah, you know, uh, the, the house just judiciary committee or something. Actually, that'll be Jim Jordan, which will be even worse. Um, but, uh, so all that kind of goes to, I know another topic you want to talk about was Biden running in 2024. Um, I think that depends on a lot of things, but um, did you want to talk about that since we have like six to eight more minutes? Yeah. I'm going to play this clip real quick. I'm going to try and get my microphone to pick it up. This clip from Saturday night live. Um, It sort of encapsulates everything. So hold on a second. I'm going to see, hopefully this will work. Oh, I didn't give you enough time. That's fine. (laughs) This week, President Biden pardoned thousands of convicted marijuana users, and it feels like maybe he celebrated with them a little because yesterday, Biden gave a speech at a car factory and opened with this. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. (laughs) Wow. Well, let me respond with two words. Jesus H. Christ. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who says the media is soft on biden it's because he can't hide it anymore that's why they have to acknowledge the fact that the dude's brain is turning to tapioca i mean but i don't know i want to chalk it up to like senior moments but it's happening so much and it's only and i know it's only because the stress of being president of the united states is immense and oh we just lost howell I don't know what just happened. I don't know either. Uh, what did you last hear? The stress of the United States. Yeah, the stress of being president of the United States is immense, and I'm sure that makes it even worse for him. So really, we're getting at him, getting him at his worst uh, because of all the stress and the never sleeping. But honestly, like the thought of him running for another term just has got to make Democrats be like, what the fuck are we going to do? And there's nobody there, like because he's because he keeps telling people, or at least publicly, he's saying it that he's going to run. There's no bench lining up behind him because it's not going to be Vice President Harris. She's not ready for prime time at all either. Um, so who could it possibly be? Um, so the more he does this, the more he says publicly he's going to run. The long, you know, the the harder it's going to be for somebody to step in 
and excite the democratic base. Um, it's just, it's, it's getting embarrassing. I hate to say it, but what's embarrassing. Joe, president Biden, just stuff like that. It's, it does not, it does not, uh, project a whole lot of confidence when he does that sort of stuff. And no matter what the spin is coming from the white house press secretary, they can't fix that. They can't gloss over it. And that's why, you know, SNL, they, I think that there was an article that was like, you know, I think in that episode, so that was from this past Saturday, they made like four and over the course of a couple sketches, they made like four or five cracks at him for his, for his moments like that. Um, because you can't ignore it anymore. Uh, we actually talked about the, the, his, um, gaffes this weekend at my reunion and the the one we talked about specifically is when um he asked if the the dead congressman woman was in oh jackie walarski in attendance and you know obviously i mean the the man is what is he 78 years old um and as you said what's that 70 yeah something like that and the pace of the job the the time it takes the energy it requires you know it it's only natural that that would degrade you to to a degree um and and i guess um the press secretary when asked about it like kind of spun and and didn't was like oh i haven't heard that particular clip or you know blah blah and and i was just like you know why can't we as americans just be like oh you know he he there's a lot of con you know why can't they just say you know he made an error he had a momentary uh lapse of a reason and 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 I know why because you know you can't but I'm just like it, it doesn't do him any favors and and I you know I think in reality we would it would be better not to have a 78 year old president <laughs> um but well, be- it- because of the he was really the only one who could beat Trump is the only, is the reason he was nominated in the first place. Right. Um, and so that's how we ended up where we are now. Well, and I'm, I'm willing to accept the gaffes or if that's what we're going to call them. Um, but not for a second term. And, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of talk, even when he was running in 2020, that it was only going to be for one term. Mm-hmm. And it seems like ever since he got in there, it was like, no, no, we're doing two. We're going two. But how, how are you going to make it through a second term? Yeah. How? I, and in, I'm not going to, I'm not going to claim Republican or Democrat over this, but the political parties have a tendency to do this where they keep, they keep candidates in that shouldn't be, that probably shouldn't be there anymore. So like John Fetterman is actually a, a good example should he really be running for Senate in Pennsylvania right now with the way his health is? The man cannot process information right now. And it's not to say he won't get better, but right now, and in this moment, in a very important time in American history, he's he might not understand what he's voting on come January. He might not be able to process that information properly. Well, that'll never be possible for Herschel Walker. So, you know, well, that's so. that's yeah. But also I'm talking about people who've had actual serious health events like uh, the other one was Senator okay. Tim Johnson from South Dakota when he had his stroke. You know, I was still working in the Senate at the time. There were rumors that he had no idea where he even was. Strom Thurmond they, kept getting uh, Strom Thurmond, elected, too. Yeah. You know, it's up to the people. So, you know, I know, um, but it's but it, but it's it is up to the people, but it's also up to 
the parties and the people surrounding these candidates to say, okay, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. The other one, Mark Kirk from Illinois, should he have, after his stroke, he was a much different man after his stroke. And it's not that he wasn't still smart or he still couldn't do things, but your health is your health. And these jobs, even the United States Senator, it's not just having stakes with lobbyists every night. It's you're actually having your, your days are, are, scheduled with to the quarter hour every single day and even when you're home i lo- this is the other thing that drives me nuts when people in, in the media are like oh they're home on vacation for august yeah they might ha- take a day for themselves but otherwise they are traveling their state they're traveling their districts they're holding town halls they're meeting with constituents it's not like they're you know sitting in their house drinking a beer hanging out they're actually doing work when they're back in their districts and that it's it's hard it's tough it's tough stuff um, so when these candidates, when the, the parties push these candidates to run because it's their best hope, even though they're not really mentally or physically able or, you know, up to it to do it, it, it doesn't seem to matter these days. It's like, he's the guy that's, he's the guy that can win. He's the one that was, you know, our, our white knight. And that's just the way it's going to be. I think there's no doubt Joe Biden is slipping and it should be expected. I think a slipping Joe Biden is still better than a Trump. So um, I and, and I don't disagree and, with that. But is this a second term? Like no, I'm seriously? saying I'm saying if Trump runs and that that would be the only reason I think no, Biden I, would run again is is to beat Trump. And um, who I mean I don't, I don't think, know if he I don't would. think he would a second time. What's that? I think if the election, if Trump announced today and the election were being held today, I think Biden would get killed. In I mean, maybe, in the uh, but um, <clears throat> I I think circumstances dictate whether or not he'll run. And um, sure, I think everyone probably practically and realistically would say it's best if he doesn't run again. But that may not be. Um, what the country needs at the moment, which is really sad because if it's, um, uh, you know, there are so many people that are out there that could probably do a better job um, from both parties. And it's just not set up that way, the work that way. Yeah. I mean, um, I could probably think of 10 people pretty quickly from both parties that, I would rather be president than Joe Biden. But, um, but again, my main goal, as I've said on this before, is that Trump is, Trump is the worst thing for America. And, um, I can't think of anyone worse for that position. Uh, and so that will determine a lot. So we'll see. Um, Okay. We'll we're rated uh, 35 minutes. Okay. Do we need um, to cut this I got, off? I got succession to go watch. Um, All right. Do, do you want to, do you want to save what we're into for, for next week or whenever? When yeah, let's watching? save it. Cause I want to, next week I, I want to get into uh, the Lincoln project documentary that's on Showtime right now. It's six okay. episodes. I've watched uh, two and hopefully by then I'll have watched the other ones. And I'm, I'd like to talk about those guys a little bit and, Sounds good. And we can, t- I want to talk about Ukraine 
and uh, another topic go. this weekend at the Vandy reunion. It sounds like a really fun reunion, doesn't it? We were talking about. It sounds awesome. Uh, uh, Herschel Walker in and, and nucle- and potential nuclear war. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you know, uh, so real cool, real cool guys we were, but, uh, yeah. So <laughs> good to catch up after two months and let's do it again next week. Sounds good, man. Okay. Uh, follow us on, uh, Twitter at bros politics and listen to us wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. Uh, we'll go to a casino. Good night.